And stay tuned, coming up next is an encore presentation of The Courage Effect with your host, Suzanne Weller. Suzanne decided to take the week off for the holidays, but she will return live next week. Enjoy. Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is Suzanne Weller. Welcome to The Courage Effect. We will spend the next 30 minutes talking about courage and what happens in your life when you actually step into it instead of staying in your comfort zone. I am thrilled to have my guest here with me today. She's actually a former colleague of mine, and she is a good friend. Her name is Leah DeFeo. She is based in New York City, and she is a brand builder, revenue generator, and innovation leader who has brought thousands of products and many successful partnerships to life. She is proud to be an empathetic manager, collaborator, and mentor, having developed her sense of compassion and advocacy through her own personal and professional struggles. In her current role as the head of product and business development for Uncommon Goods, Leah leads a multifaceted team that includes design, production, licensing, and compliance. And over the span of her career, her work has had a major impact on small makers and manufacturers, and she's created change for both individual talent and organizations as a whole. Leah has quite an impressive resume. Uh, she's done work for a number of organizations, including Getty Images, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, Food Network, Capgemini, Susan Cain's Quiet Revolution, and she's also founded two businesses of her own, one which is a, or was, a walking tour company in New York City, and Fly Bravely, which is a consultancy dedicated to normalizing infertility. She lives in New York with her husband and two girls. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to The Courage Effect. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here, Suzanne. Reconnecting with you is it's a great part of it, too. <laughs> uh, thank you. So when I was reading your bio, what, there's a few words that really resonate for me, and I know that we're going to have a conversation around some of these. Um, empathy, advocacy, and change being three of those core, those core words and values. And I see the foundation of all of those as being courage. So let's, let's start off with the question of what does courage mean to you? Thank you, Suzanne. Um, Courage to me is always doing the right thing, even when it's not the easy path. And a lot of doing the right thing for me is leading with my heart and leading with empathy. And that's um, a really important thing that I've done. And honestly, I've learned over my career. I don't think it was something I did well as a new manager. Talk to us a little bit about that. It definitely is a skill <laughs> and it takes on many different facets, but I'd love to hear a little bit about where maybe you weren't stepping into that empathy, which is such an important skill for you right now. It really is. And some of it comes with experience and time, um, both personal and professional experience. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example from earlier on in my career. Um, I was a relatively new manager of small team, maybe four or five people. And I had a team meeting once a week, nine o'clock. I am a stickler for people being on time. I find it disrespectful for people to be rude. It shows that they're disrespecting the other person's time. And there was a team member on my team who did a great job 
great contributor, really um, wonderful person. And a few weeks in a row, they were late to this meeting and it just made me frustrated. Um, and after one of the meetings, I you know, took that person into my office and I came from a place of, you know how important it is for me to be on time. I need you to be on time for these meetings. When you're late, it is a real impact on the team. And that person just broke down crying and said to me, the reason why I'm late is my parent was diagnosed with cancer and I now need to take a bus to get to work and it's a new commute and I'm struggling with the new commute. And I felt so awful. Here I was reprimanding somebody who was dealing with such a massive issue in their personal life. And, you know, I've learned. And so, you know, if, if I were the me of today going into that conversation, I would say, you are always so dedicated to your work. And I've noticed you've been late a lot lately. What's going on? Right. Start from a place of gratitude and empathy. And that really did take me time in my career to understand. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that those are the stories that are really important, right? Or when we look back to, okay, how might I have done that a little bit differently? Um, and I'm curious for you, how, how, what are the things over the course of your career that did, did help to build that, those muscles? Um, so I think it's two things. Um, a lot of my personal life has impacted my point of view on the workplace. So just like that um, person who, you know, had an external factor of a parent diagnosed with cancer, um, I struggled for many, many years to start my family. Um, I went through infertility. I went through IVF. We ultimately, um, we lost two children along the way, have my daughter who was born through surrogacy. Um, and I realized in that process, um, even when I was going through um, fertility treatments, I had to, it was very stressful to have to, you know, be on a very regimented schedule with medications and lab work and doctor's appointments. And I was in an environment where I didn't feel comfortable disclosing that to my manager. Um, and it made the process a lot more stressful for me. And so by sitting in that seat, um, it helped me to, um, speak honestly with my team members and my leadership about what I was going through, um, and then let my team speak more openly with me about what they're struggling with. And what I found is um, by opening up and having those conversations, I also became kind of a voice and an advocate for people who would come to me who are on other teams and throughout the organization and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. And you know, um, would kind of come into my office and close the door and say, can we chat? I heard you have experience with X, Y, and Z. So personal plays a big role in it and um, professional does as well. So as I mentioned, I had um, a boss I didn't feel comfortable going to and saying like, hey, here's what I'm struggling with, right? So being in environments where I've had different reactions from my bosses, from companies and their openness, um, it really has um, shaped me into who I am as a leader and who I want to be. What do I want to stand for? And do I do it 100% of the time, right? I don't. I don't think anyone's right 100% of the time, but I definitely strive um, to be that way. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I remember specifically when you were sharing with me when you were going through a lot of 
the surrogacy challenges and otherwise. And I had so much respect for that vulnerability. I knew I didn't know you that well, and I was so honored that you that you shared that with me. And also because I knew so many other women that were friends, but also in the organization that were going through similar challenges. And yeah. it can be so important for us, not only as human beings, but as leaders and organizations to make sure that we're creating that space. So I love that you did that. And I love that you're also modeling that for other people. Yes, and so much of the advocacy work I do today is about helping people not feel alone. When you are dealing with a parent who has an illness, when you're dealing with um, infertility, when you're dealing with really um, any issue in your life, it can feel very isolating. And knowing that there are so many others that have gone through this is um, really helpful. And I think that the more open we can be, the more empathetic and understanding we can be with others two others. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so true that we have no idea what anybody is dealing with on any given day. And we just yeah. because we, we move so fast. So and, and I'm curious for you also, because you have worked in a number of different organizations. So what, what did it really take for you to get more comfortable to, to really be able to advocate for yourself? Um, I think it's a reflection of two things in some ways and um this isn't great but i think the more senior you become in your career the more comfortable you feel um having those conversations because um in some ways maybe you feel more job security or understand how it's going to impact you if you reveal these things or kind of have had the ex experience to understand it could go this way or that way and i think when you're new in an organization and newer in your career, there's a lot of uncertainty about the reaction you're going to get and kind of anxiety around how you might handle that reaction. So um, again, it's why for me, um, I'm at Uncommon Goods right now. Um, and very early on in my tenure, my organization had a panel for um, Women's Day, International Women's Day, and they asked me to be one of the speakers. And during that panel, I opened up about my struggles, um, you know, with losing children and infertility. And um, after that, a lot of team members in the organization came to me and asked me for, you know, my advice and guidance. And of course, I hold all that with the deepest of confidentiality. But also, it made me really satisfied to know that those team members no longer felt like they had to navigate it alone. I've given them advice about how to approach, you know, their managers, how their managers might react. And that gives me great satisfaction for somebody to have an easier experience with that than I did. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like moving beyond the silence and and, you know, bringing air into the room to allow for those conversations. I mean, there's a great quote from Brene Brown, which is on one of her podcasts, which is, you know, what what is in the room is what a leader allows in the room. And as you said, unfortunately, yes, a lot of this does sort of require you as getting more senior in your career. But um, there is something to be said for giving that to other people. And the fact that you did that on a panel you're spreading that, you're cascading that beyond just your team, beyond just the people that you know. I love that you actually got up there and, and shared your voice more broadly. Thank you, yes, definitely. Um, and I think you kind of hit on it, Suzanne, but some of the topics have this um, kind of, uh, gosh, the word is not coming to me, of course, but um, it, it's a negative perception, like divorce, for example, right? People can, 
a stigma. That's the word I'm looking for. So especially <laughs> topics that have kind of a stigma associated with them. I think there is concern about, you know, bringing them into the workplace and having those conversations. So again, any way I can lead that and be a model for it, even if it's uncomfortable, even like I said in the beginning, I think that having courage and having empathy and sharing, you know, your stories to make others um, feel more comfortable and not alone um, is hard, but I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Well, I love that you're, that you're using your voice and you're using it to, to really encourage other women. And I'm, I'm curious, I mean, we're going to be going to a break really soon, but I'd love to talk a little bit more about what are some of the things that you've done? I mean, obviously you've worked for some wonderful organizations, but um, I know that it's not just about bringing empathy into the workplace, but then also bringing it into advocacy. So that would be something that maybe you want to give us a little little tidbit before we go into, into a break. Sure. Um, in terms of advocacy, I do two things. I advocate um, with like government and organizations um, to help make change and again, make it easier for those that come after me. And that's kind of big impact. And then I look for little impact. Um, and that is with individuals and how I can help individuals. Um, and that is, you know, both in my existing organizations and where I am, but also through conversations with colleagues and former colleagues and kind of helping um, them to make these little changes that I think can have really big impacts on people's lives. And sharing things um, that can help them a lot. And I've got a couple of ideas I'll share with you um, to tell some different stories after the break. Okay, great. Well, seems like a good time to take a break. So let's hear from some of our sponsors and we'll be right back. In business, your people are your most important asset. With so much change happening on the professional landscape, does your company have the expertise to support your employees for what the future holds? Maybe it's time for a partner like Plum. Female founded over 13 years ago, Plum HR Consulting provides human resources expertise to small and medium-sized businesses up and down the West Coast. Plum's HR consultants have more than 15 years of human resources experience in every type of industry, including tech, real estate, construction, manufacturing, and nonprofit. From long-term engagements to shorter projects, Plum can support almost every aspect of your business's HR goals. Allow Plum to take human resources off your plate so that you can go back to growing and leading your business. Visit PlumSeattle.com for details and information on their services. Alternative Talk 1150. And stay tuned. Coming up next is an encore presentation of The Courage Effect with your host, Suzanne Weller. Suzanne decided to take the week off for the holidays, but she will return live next week. Enjoy. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. Uh, this is Suzanne, and I am in a wonderful conversation with Leah DeFeo. And Leah, I would love to hear from you. We started talking about advocacy, and I know that over the course of what you've done, a lot of this has to do with not just infer infertility and surrogacy, but also with grief and loss. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say I've been very blessed in my life that grief and loss um, throughout most of my life had been with 
um, older people in my life and kind of an expected loss. And when we lost my son, who is stillborn, um, I felt incredibly alone, incredibly. I didn't know anyone else who had had a stillbirth. It was heartbreaking. And then I found this community of people that also had stillbirths. And it just gave me um, a lot of peace of mind in some ways to know that I wasn't the only one dealing with this. Um, and my husband and I saw a grief counselor for a good time, and that was amazingly helpful. But a lot of people don't know these resources exist. So I think about in my career how I can have an impact on the world in general and how I can help the world kind of better understand each other, right? And I think that's human connection is just in the world really important. And we can do some of that through our actions in the workplace. So um, at Uncommon Goods, I run a program called Uncommon Experiences, and they are um, virtual experiences, everything from like making pasta and making and drawing your own fantasy map. Um, and one of the things we did was with an author, Barbara Becker, and we did a series on grief and loss. Um, she's written a book on the topic. And um, we I knew it wasn't going to be a big revenue generator for us, but I felt it was really an important thing and a way to support our customers. So we did this and it was a small group of people, but the impact was amazing. Just seeing people come together, share their stories, feel connected with others. Um, so when I can, I like to kind of bring that into the workplace and out into the world. That's fantastic. And I mean, I think a lot about that. I thank you for sharing that story. Um, yeah, again, it's, we, we carry so much with us and we don't necessarily know as we, as we go on with our lives, but I wonder for you also, how, how do you also take care of yourself? I mean, that's, you're holding a lot on any given day. So are there certain practices that you've implemented over time that have been really beneficial for you and for your family? Oh, gosh, Suzanne, I wish I were better at this. That's what I will say. Um, but for me, photography has always been a creative outlet for me and something that I find a lot of peace with. So um, after um, after one particularly really hard time, um, I decided to do a photo a day project where I forced myself every single day to take a photo. And these were just photos for me. Um, and it made me find a moment of positivity in every single day. And, you know, even if I came home at the end of the day and I was like just so distraught and upset, I remember one day I took a picture of a cactus in my apartment because it was just like this close up detail on the spikes and it reflected how I felt that day like thorny and spiky, but it was also this like moment of beauty and peace and doing something like for myself. So I find creative outlets are really helpful. Drawing or painting is helpful. Um, I learned how to do my nails um, really kind of like fancy and fun. And that's also very mindful for me because it's a really small exercise and something that you see kind of the immediate results from. Yeah, well, and creativity is such a wonderful thing to not only be able to to sit in the emotions that you're sitting in, but to turn it around. And I love that you're, I mean, the, the, like the spikes of a cactus. Yes. <laughs> like, let's also recognize how we're feeling at the same time that something might be really beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. Want to know also during the pandemic, you also had some challenges and documenting your life during that time was also really important. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in March 2020, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was like, in some ways, the best possible timing because I was diagnosed super early um, and I'm cancer free today. But in some ways, the 
most horrible timing because I went through the whole experience um, during the pandemic and it was very different, you know, in terms of getting care and being treated. Um, went into my double mastectomy with nobody there, no, no husband, no anyone because of all the COVID restrictions. Um, and as I went through that process, um, it was actually colleagues from my, um, the organization that I founded, Fly Bravely, that um, helped me to make connections. And I think your professional network can be a network that really helps you. And I know, Suzanne, you and I did, um, you know, an, an event together. Um, it was a professional event. And I know we connected during that event. Um, and, you know, in some of the events I've gone to for advocacy and infertility, I connected with somebody who um, had been through breast cancer and she helped make connections for me. And by having that, those groups that I could ask questions to those people, it helped so much. So for me, as I went through the process, um, I documented everything in a Word document and in a real level of detail, like what are the things you want to pack in your hospital bag that they might not tell you about? What do you want at home? Like after breast cancer, you can't uh, the, you can't lift your arms at all. So um, having plates on your counter is really helpful because you want to be self sufficient, but you can't actually lift a plate down from a cabinet. Um, so I've created these documents, and again, like through my openness with my network, people know I'm a breast cancer survivor. And just last week, um, a colleague from Food Network reached out to me and said, you know, hey, I have a colleague dealing with a diagnosis, can I connect them? And I did. And I was able to share these docs and made a really big difference for that person. So um, that's through my professional network. And I think, you know, working at the time of going through breast cancer and being able to, you know, explain to professionals kind of what helped me in terms of navigating it was important as well. Yeah. My mom is a double breast cancer survivor and it's... No. It's interesting to, I mean, you know, survivors. So, and just like you, so amazing. Yeah. Um, so difficult, but talk about the strength um, and the courage to go through that. But yeah, but just being able to like, you can't lift more than five pounds for, for a long time and how impactful that is on your day to day. I mean, even, and even with you talking about plates on a counter, the most basic things that can actually have a gigantic impact just on how you yeah. live, live a daily life. So um, yeah. Yeah, I had a toddler at the time, couldn't pick her up. So explaining it to a two-year-old, like, and getting advice on, like, what books to read to her and things was, again, like, really, really helpful. Yeah. Well, and it's, so are you, how are you cascading this? How how do people, I mean, is it just through network, through people Networking. in general that, okay. Networking, it's all people who reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I heard about this, but I would say nine out of 10 times, it's professional connections that are, you know, coming my way. And so it's through this professional network that I think I've been able to have an impact on people's personal lives. And there's just a satisfaction in that for me and a way of giving back, you know, because I feel blessed that I now am on the other side of several of the journeys, like you never get over grief, but it becomes less acute. Yeah. Um, and so I think being on, you know, a few years out from these things, um, it also gives people hope that they often need um, because they kind of, when you're in it, um, you said, you know, it's courageous to me. It's like put one foot in front of the other, move forward. Um, my maiden name is Buffa and my dad used to always say there's nothing tougher than a buffer so um 
love it. Um, so uh, it just kind of has been ingrained in me, like you're tough, you can get through it, do it. So when something is thrown my way, that's kind of the approach I take, like get through it, solve it, figure it out, get stronger on the other side. Well, and one other really important thread that I'm hearing from you is the importance of your professional network, which is not just to find a job and to be happy on a day-to-day basis to actually have that community, but how does it connect you with all of these other things and have that broader impact in your life? I think professional networking is one of the most important things to do. Um, Personally, as a working mom, I also find it really helpful to talk to other working moms that are going through these stages with, you know... um, with their, their kids and to be able to kind of get tips from others. And again, part of that is being vulnerable and willing to share what you're, you know, dealing with. Um, and again, uh, um, reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm having a hard time, you know, um, and, you know, I, I hesitate to share, but I'm having a hard time with my fully potty trained daughter who, um, <laughs> who has been really challenging these days. Um, but anyway, um, I think it's really important to feel those connections. Um, and again, to me, uh, when faced with issues, it's it's going through it, being tough and, you know, keeping on going, even though that might sound like courage and bravery to others, to me, it's... Um, that's really a part of being strong and coming out stronger on the other side. Yeah. I have a very good friend who is actually dealing with a cancer diagnosis right now, and she is single and lives alone. And she is somebody that I met through work and, and a mutual friend put together this whole like care network. So we have this entire support network and all of this came through with us, you know, doing it, all of us, I mean, and, and one of us being very much about spearheading it and bringing us all together. And it really is the power of a different type of family, <laughs> the chosen family, as it would be. Um, yeah, and it's been, it's been very present in my mind. And even, and that's the other thing that I'm thinking of, not just the strength and the courage of you, but of your husband and of all of the, you know, your larger family and the people in your world that have been a part of that. Oh, I think one of the most important decisions you make is who you um, voluntarily surround yourself with, right? You're born into your family, um, and a lot of people have amazing families. I'm blessed to have one of those. A lot of people don't. They don't have the support they, you know, maybe need at home. And so your chosen family, your partner, your friends, um, I think it's the most important decisions you can make about who you surround yourself with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, as we wrap up our conversation, I want to make sure that, I mean, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing so much. Um, I I would love for you to share with our listeners what's the best way for them to to get in touch with you if they're interested in reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my LinkedIn is the best place. So I'm Leah DeFeo on LinkedIn um, and just connect with me there, message me there. Um, Put that you heard about me, uh, how you heard about me in the subject line um, so that I know, um, you know, how you found me and how you're coming to me. That would be really helpful. Wonderful. And we'll make sure that we cascade that information even further on our website as well. So um, any final thoughts as we move on, just things that you want to make sure that you're leaving our audience with? You know, I think I want to just say that I have a lot of gratitude towards certain employers. Um, when we worked together, uh, Suzanne, Getty Images, um, it's really because they had an IVF coverage policy and a surrogacy benefit, which was so uncommon. Um, that's what gave us the, you know, incentive and economic flexibility to try one more time and have Carolina. 
Um, and I want to also say, like, I'm at Uncommon Goods right now, and it's an organization that cares so much about people. Um, and I, again, you know, shared my story early on. And there was recently a situation where I was able to influence a change um, to our bereavement policy to cover um, miscarriage and loss. And that felt really good, too. Yeah, even you with those well, thoughts, Suzanne. <laughs> Well, and thank you from me. Thank you from everybody for being not just, you know, the model of all of this amazing behavior, but but impacting so many different people's lives in the process and doing the same well, by even you. being on this call today. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Have a great week and we will see you soon. Stay strong. Stay courageous. Stay courageous.